welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the Feast of St. Lawrence. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and And on on earth peace peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory, Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father. You take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, giver of that ardour of love for you, by which St. Lawrence was outstandingly faithful in service and glorious in martyrdom. Grant that we may love what he loved and put into practice what he taught. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Do not forget, thin sowing means thin reaping. The more you sow, the more you reap. Each one should give what he has decided in his own mind, not grudgingly or because he is made to, for God loves a cheerful giver. And there is no limit to the blessings which God can send you. He will make sure that you will always have all you need for yourselves in every possible circumstance, and still have something to spare for all sorts of good works. As scripture says, he was free in almsgiving and gave to the poor. His good deeds will never be forgotten. The one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide you with all the seed you want and make the harvest of your good deeds a larger one. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Happy the merciful who give to those in need. Happy the merciful who give to those in need. Happy the man who fears the Lord, who takes delight in all his commands. His sons will be powerful on earth. The children of the uprights are blessed. Happy the merciful who give to those in need. The good man takes pity and lends. 
He conducts his affairs with honor. The just man will never waver. He will be remembered forever. Happy the merciful who give to those in need. He has no fear of evil news. With a firm heart, he trusts the Lord. With a steadfast heart, he will not fear. He will see the downfall of his foes. Happy the merciful who give to those in need. Open-handed, he gives to the poor. His justice stands firm forever. His head will be raised in glory. Happy the merciful who give to those in need. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you most solemnly, unless a grain of wheat falls on the ground and dies, it remains only a single grain. But if it dies, it yields a rich harvest. Anyone who loves his life loses it. Anyone who hates his life in this world will keep it for the eternal life. If a man serves me, he must follow me. Wherever I am, my servant will be there too. If anyone serves me, my Father will honour him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So St. Lawrence was martyred in the year 258 AD uh, in Rome. Um, And I suppose here the the fact that this is such a a big day in the liturgical cycle probably reminds us a bit of the fact that we're, you know, Catholics who belong to the Latin Rite. Um, Those early Roman martyrs uh, were so precious to the memory of the Church of Rome that um, when it spread, you know, the liturgical calendar spread with it. And so... And so, you know, the early favourites of the Church of Rome um, become the ones that, you know, we, we, we celebrate particularly. And, you know, Lawrence is definitely one of them. I suppose if there's one thing that's commonly known about St. Lawrence among, you know, Catholics, it's that he was martyred by being put on a barbecue on a, on a gridiron. Uh, and that miraculously, he, he seemed not to have suffered the pain of, of being burnt alive. And um, when he was on the gridiron, he sort of looked up at his executioners and asked to be flipped over because he was done on one side. But there's more to the story of St. Lawrence than just, you know, that little fun fact. Um, he was executed during the reign of the Emperor Valerian. And I suppose we all know that, um, you know, around that time that the church was the object of, of Roman persecution. And I think sometimes we probably get the impression that, you know, the whole early history of the church was one of constant persecution from the Roman Empire. But it, it really came in waves. It depended a little bit on the emperor. Some emperors were a bit more tolerant and gave the church a bit of leeway. Um, other emperors had a bit of a crackdown. And Valerian was one inclined toward a crackdown. Um, he put a law through the Roman Senate, uh, basically sentencing all clergy to death. The Pope, bishops, priests, and like Lawrence, deacons. So Lawrence was actually a bit of a bigwig uh, in the early church. He was known as the archdeacon, which 
meant that he was in charge of all the deacons. He was the, the head of all the deacons um, and that he worked directly under the Pope. Uh, and he was given the task of ordering the charitable works of the church. You know, his job was to deal with all of the practical elements of looking after the poor. It also meant that he had access to the church's cash, I suppose. You know, the the finances, if, if he's the one who's going around and supporting the poor and making sure that the church's charitable works are being properly run, that, you know, probably was a signatory to the bank account. He had the church's pin number. Well, anyway, um, under the Emperor Valerian, uh, Pope Sixtus II gets arrested uh, and, of course, sentenced to death. And uh, Lawrence, uh, seeing Pope Sixtus for the last time, asks to die with him. And and the Pope says, you know, don't be in such a rush. You're going to be martyred in three days' time too, uh, which, of course, is is what happens. But having had that, you know, kind of little prophetic warning. Lawrence began to distribute the um, assets of the church to the poor. You see, one of the reasons why the Emperor Valerian was persecuting the church was to obtain extra funds, you know, make a group of people criminals, execute them, and then expropriate them, take their stuff and use it to finance your crumbling empire, use it to fund your army. Use it to pay for your bread and circuses. Well, anyway, Lawrence gets arrested, uh, and the Emperor Valerian, of course, asks him for the church's treasury. Bring us the gold and the silver. And so Lawrence sort of had the perfect way out. He could save himself if he handed over the cash. And so Lawrence went through the city of Rome and gathered together all the poor that the church had been looking after uh, and presented the riches of the church to the emperor. Here is our gold and silver. Now, the emperor, of course, thought that uh, Lawrence was taking the mickey out of him, that uh, he was being humiliated. And so for Lawrence, uh, beheading wasn't going to be torture enough, and so he was um, executed, as I said at the beginning, um, by being put onto a gridiron, onto a, onto a barbecue. Now, out of that, I want to make two quick points. Firstly, St. Lawrence is one of the saints who's credited with the early conversion of the city of Rome. You see, uh, 258, that was the year that he was executed, it's not long before the um, conversion of Emperor Constantine and the Edict of Milan in, in 313 AD, um, which stopped the persecution of Christians and, and no longer made it a crime to be a Christian in the Emp Roman Empire. And then finally, the, the conversion of the city of Rome. I suppose it's why Lawrence is still you know so fondly remembered and... and and so greatly honoured in the liturgical calendar with, um, you know, a feast day today. The early Christian writer Tertullian uh, famously said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Uh, and I think we can see that then in, in the life of, of St. Lawrence, that as he witnessed to 
his faith as he witnessed to his love for Jesus Christ, his love for the poor, that this was something which inspired the city of Rome. He lived a life of faithful service to the church and the poor, uh, and that found its culmination finally in his continued faithfulness to Christ. Now, from Lawrence's perspective, all he was was put to death. The blood of this, the blood of this martyr, became the seed of the church. That you know, he becomes the living example of the gospel that we had today. That a seed falls to the ground and dies. And no longer remains a single seed, but in fact brings about a harvest. So I reckon that's point one for us. That those periods in our life which may feel particularly painful, or which may call us to witness to our Christian faith uh, in a way which might be difficult or challenging, Um, that it might feel like only death to us, but in the hands of God may yield an extraordinary harvest. And so I think Lawrence gives us a a good dose of hope. The second thing then is, is this fact that Lawrence cared for the poor and that Lawrence discovered the true riches of the church in the poor. Following the example of St. Lawrence, we, we find in the poor around us, the silver and gold of the church. So, you know, what can we do in order to help the poor? I don't think we need to set our sights too big. A simple phone call in these lonely times. Maybe cooking a meal for one of our neighbours who's you know struggling to care for themselves. What about something as simple as reaching out to someone at Mass? You know, someone that you haven't spoken to before. That poverty that we experience is, you know, not just a poverty of wealth, but a poverty of friendship. We're not all going to imitate um, St. Lawrence in being barbecued. Um, In fact, I hope none of us imitate St. Lawrence in being barbecued. But surely we can imitate him in our witness to Christ and in our love for the poor. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, 
Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.